I love to tell the stories my family told growing up. I could sit and listen to my parents, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles. I could sit and listen to them tell stories for hours. And as some of you are getting to know, I love to continue to tell those stories. Often when we hear stories, we sometimes imagine ourselves in the story. Or sometimes we tell our own stories in order to share our experiences with other people to offer a word of hope or sometimes a word of warning. Today, today as we look at a story Jesus tells, and in this story I dare say, you will find you and I will find me. Would you bow your heads with me with a word of prayer? Holy Spirit, through the word of God, give us light to see and the power to be transformed more and more into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is in his name that we pray, amen. As we dive into Matthew chapter 18, verses 10 to 14, it's important for us to see the broader context. Matthew chapter 18, verses one to six sets the agenda for the rest of the chapter, and it's absolutely necessary for you to hear this in order to properly understand verses 10 through 14. I'm gonna read verses one to four. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you become, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus here provides a visual aid in his lesson before you or I can enter the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says there are requirements. You must turn, meaning you've got to turn from one direction to another direction. You must become like children. You must become like this child. The New King James Version says, unless you are converted and become like children, Jesus here teaches that a change has to occur inside of you, inside of me. We must experience an inward change. Whoever humbles himself like this child, I imagine it was a very striking illustration. The word, the Greek word for humble here means to cause to be or become humble in attitude in a favorable sense. It means to lower oneself like this <laughs> before others. To lower oneself before others. It is taking the second or third or fourth place instead of being out and up front. It is being willing to not be the center of attention or the life of the party. It means what you want does not come first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that again. It means, oh Christian, 
What you want does not come first. And you and I are completely happy to oblige. In order to go into God's kingdom, we must be like children. What does that mean? It means we are humbled before God. And we are absolutely, totally, and completely dependent upon God. Jesus likens his followers to children. He calls them little ones in verses 6, 10, and 14. The comparison, followers of Jesus, little ones, it invokes tender thoughts, precious considerations. These little ones are precious to Jesus Christ. In verse 6, Jesus talks about how precious they are to him. He says, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and he'd be drowned in the depth of the sea. Sisters and brothers, following Jesus is serious business. Jesus cares deeply about his little ones, his followers, his disciples. And today, as we navigate through our passage, we are guided by three words and a question. Three words and a question. Our first word is precious. Our first word is precious. You know what it's like to have something that you value. You know what it is to, to love something deeply with all your heart. Parents, you would give your life for your children. Husbands and wives who treasure one another would gladly offer their life for their spouse. Brothers and sisters, you might do the same. Kids, kids adore their toys. When I was a kid, I loved toys. My, uh, my grandfather bought a, a, a transfer truck for myself and my cousin, Josh. And uh, my dad, coming home from work one night, backed over that truck. I was pretty broken. I loved and adored my toys, you all. Teenagers love their independence. We all have something that we value as precious. Jesus considers his little ones as precious. Look again at verse 10. Jesus gives a strong command. He teaches his disciples, you must make sure that this is the case when you care for my little ones. See to it that you do not despise one of these little ones. Christ's disciples, his followers, are not to look down on Jesus' followers. We are not to look down on one another. I'll just contemporize. We're not to look down on one another with contempt or aversion or any implication that considers one of us of little value or insignificant. Make it the case, make it the case, Jesus says, that you do not despise them. Do not scorn one of Jesus' little ones who believes in him. Jesus loves his little ones. He considers them precious and eternally valuable. Notice the next statement in verse 10. For I tell you that in heaven their angels, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. 
Jesus says his little ones, his followers, his true followers, if you will, those who know and love and trust him have angels in heaven who always behold the face of God the Father. Well, what's significant about Christ's words? Consider two passages, if you will, from Hebrews. Hebrews 1 verse 7, he, God, makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. Here we learn that angels are ministers or those called to serve. In Hebrews 1 verse 14, are they angels? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Angels serve God's people according to God's command. I do love the word, you all. I mean, it just, it, it, it makes itself more and more uh, plain to us as life goes on. Angels serve Christ's little ones because the little ones, the true followers of Jesus, will inherit salvation. The angels in heaven stand in the presence of God, beholding his face, and they are ready. At any moment, should God dispatch them to our help and need to rescue us, the children of God, the little ones. They are ready to ensure your entrance into God's kingdom, the inheritance of salvation. If that's not enough, the apostle John writes in Revelation 22, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things, these revelations that come before. And when I saw, when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But the angel said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book, worship God. This is a good moment to ask yourself, am I humble? Am I choosing humility? Am I trusting the Savior? Those who are Christ's little ones, humble themselves and trust and follow their King, their Savior, their brother, and their Lord. In some of your Bibles, you will notice that there, is, there either is or is not a verse 11. Verse 11 is an example of a textual variant. In the early manuscripts of Matthew, this verse is not found. But know this, the verse is absolutely, positively true. The verse can also be found in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Some versions leave the verse in the, the text while others choose to footnote it at the bottom of the page. Uh, don't let this worry you if you'd like to talk later. I'd love to talk about it. For the statement is completely true. The rest of our passage makes that reality abundantly clear. Jesus illustrates the truth of how he loves and values his little ones by teaching a parable. He talks about a lost sheep. Our second word is lost. Our second word is lost. In verse 12, Jesus wants his disciples thinking. He, he asks, what, what do you think? A man has a hundred sheep. One of the sheep goes astray. 
This wayward sheep leaves the flock and wanders away. It's lost. It's no longer safe. It has wandered into harmful circumstances. A predator at any moment could devour it. This defenseless sheep is out on its own. And it's desperately, you all, desperately in need of its shepherd. Does the man not leave the 99 sheep on the mountains and search for the sheep that went astray? Yes. Yes, tending sheep is this man's livelihood. No sheep, no income, no food on the table for him or his family. No sheep, no job, no career. Shepherd's sheep are valuable and precious to him. He, he, he takes care of them. He leads them. He protects them. Not even one is left behind. I used to work for a children's home up in North Carolina, up in the mountains of North Carolina, and my coworker and I took out the 10 kids we were caring for at that time. They were, they were all boys. We took them to the mall one Friday evening to just do some shopping and to get out. Entering the mall, we had 10 kids. I took five, and uh, my coworker, she took five. I took the older boys, she took the younger boys. Well, when we got back to the van, we all got in the van, you know, preparing to leave. And I, I looked around, because you always have to do a count. And I said, where's JT? That's not his real name. Where is JT? And my coworker replied, oh, Terrence, he's right. Oh, oh no! That's exactly what she did. <laughs> Here, you all, was a precious child entrusted into our care entrusted into my care, and I lost him. I left everyone in the van. I re-entered the mall to look for the little guy, and I found him on the ground floor of the mall, standing right beside of a policeman. And when, I, when, I, when he saw me, I saw him. His smile could have swallowed his face. I took him by the hand. I thanked the officer, and we rejoined the rest of the group in the van. Jesus says in John 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, the shepherd, the shepherd goes in search of the lone lost sheep until the sheep is found. Until the sheep is found, our third word, is found. Our third word is found. In verse 13, we see what happens when the man finds his lost sheep. If the shepherd locates his lost sheep, it says, Jesus says, he rejoices. When he lays eyes upon this one sheep that went astray, the man leaps with joy. It's good to find and it's good to be found. When you've lost your car keys, house keys, favorite toy, game controller, you know how joyful you are when you find what was lost, right? <laughs> Why is the man joyful? Why is the man joyful? Because the entire flock is valuable to the man. They all belong with one another in the care of their shepherd. 
one wanders off, he immediately goes to search. He searches. He leaves the herd on the mountains. Why? They're fine. He searches diligently for the one. And he does not cut his losses and move on. He searches. He diligently searches. Have you ever read Ezekiel chapter 34? As I was preparing for this, I, I, you know, I, I'm always looking at cross-references, but I saw this passage and I thought, oh, I've got to share this with everyone. Ezekiel chapter 34, I'm, I'm going to read verses 11, 15, and 16. But the context of Ezekiel is that Judah is in exile. They're in exile as a result of God's judgment, which Moses warned about in Deuteronomy chapter 28. God's people are in Babylon in exile because of their idolatry. And this is what the Lord says to his wandering sheep. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. God loves his little ones, his sheep, his children, his people. He rejoices over his sheep. In Luke 15, verse 7, the Lord Jesus says, Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Jesus here builds what I think is the greatest case for the best news any human being can ever hear throughout the ages of time. The shepherd desires to find his sheep. The shepherd wants to find the sheep who went astray. He wants it back. He yearns to locate the missing one. The shepherd searches. He comes for the lost sheep. I want to close our message today with a question. And the reason for the question is will become clear as we move along. How is it with you? How is it with you? In verse 14, Jesus teaches, it is not the will of God the Father who is in heaven, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that one of these little ones should perish. Why are Jesus' words important? Lord Jesus, what's the big deal? What are you driving at? God wants the lost found. God wants the lost found. The parable uses a shepherd and his sheep to illustrate that God wants spiritually lost men, women, boys, and girls found. Jesus tells us in John 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The parable, you all, the teaching is for people who do not believe in God, in Jesus Christ, and it is for people who do believe in the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Think about what happened to the sheep. 
It went astray. It got lost. Why? You know, you got to ask questions of the text. Why? The lostness of the sheep is due to its forsaking the shepherd's voice. The lostness of mankind is due to our forsaking and abandoning our shepherd's voice. Why do Christians, disciples, followers of Jesus, you and me, why do we go astray? Why is it that we often wander away? Why do marriages crumble into divorce? Why do people wander into addictions? Why do people put vice grips on bitterness, selfishness, greed, pride, lust, a sense of entitlement? Because we have forsaken the voice of our shepherd. Because we abandon the word of God. In Genesis chapter 3, have you ever wondered why does God ask the man, where are you? Where are you? Because the man and the woman had walked away from God's words of life. And you all, because our first parents walked away from God's words of life, all of us are born into this world lost. We are born into a condition of wandering sheep. Capital Prayers family and those worshiping with us online, how is it with you? And I'm gonna ask it a different way. Where are you? Where are you in this story? God, the great shepherd, calls for you. The Lord Jesus Christ, our great shepherd, calls to you. Believer and unbeliever alike, today Jesus calls for you to come, to come to him to hear his words, to know that you belong to him, that you can belong to him. God does not want you to perish. God does not want you to remain lost or astray. God wants you and I safe in the care of our shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, if you do not believe in Jesus, or if you're a Christian and your life is a mess, Today, today you can turn from that life and you can turn to Jesus. Turn from that way. Turn and follow Jesus. I want to close today with a song. One of my great aunts at my home church in North Carolina, she loves to sing. It comes out of an old Appalachian shape note hymnal, if some of you all know what that is. I invite you now to close your eyes as I recite it for you. Hear the blessed Savior calling the oppressed. Come, you heavy laden, come to me and rest. Come no longer doubting, he your load will bear. Give him every burden, give him every care. Are you disappointed, wandering here and there, dragging chains of doubt and loaded down with care? Do unholy feelings struggle in your breast? Bring your case to Jesus. He will give you rest. Stumbling on the mountains, dark with sin and shame, stumbling toward the pit, 
of hell's consuming flame, by the powers of sin, deluded and oppressed, hear the tender shepherd come to me and rest. Have you by temptation often conquered been? Has a sense of weakness brought distress within? Christ will sanctify you if you'll claim his best in the Holy Spirit. Jesus will give you rest. Today, Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, calls for you and me to come and rest in him. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, teach us to look to Jesus Christ, our shepherd, our savior, every single day. Teach us the value and the preciousness of the word of God daily, that we may know we are found in Jesus. Teach us to trust your word, to trust your voice, and always to run to our loving shepherd. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.